Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. When we talk about breaking busy, the majority of Americans feel like they're so busy, they're drowning in their busyness. The majority of Americans say they're busier this year than they were last, and it just becomes busier and busier every single year. And we found out it's not necessarily our work. The average American works 41 hours a week. The average American sleeps about eight hours a day. So that's 56 and 41. That gives us 71 hours a week, which I'd like to say about 10 hours a day. And that's really what we're gonna have to work with in order to break busy. I typically work about 50 to 51 hours a week, and I still am able to break busy. You just, you just have to do more with what I'm gonna call stones and pebbles and sand today. So we'll, we'll talk about that. We'll show you how to do it. And my heart today is just to show you what I've learned over the years. So I want to go back to when we started the church in 1983, Gene and I, and the first six years of believers, I was so busy. I was drowning in busyness and I was so frustrated. My life wasn't fun. I had no margin in my life whatsoever. And I remember not even being able to have a devotional in the morning, not to be able to read my Bible or to pray. Obviously, I'm studying for lessons, but that's work. But I just had no time for anything else. And I remembered thinking, man, if I could just skip church, I'd have so much more time in my life. And I'm like, Oh, I can't. I have to be here. And it was really tempting to me. And, and then I realized as time went on that um, if I did, I would have filled it with sand and with pebbles. I, I would have filled it with the wrong things because I didn't understand what I had to learn. And so I just remember praying and crying out to God, saying, Lord, I need you to help me. And that's what I'm going to teach you today, what, what I learned, what I have to continue to work, because this can become a challenge over and over again if we don't learn how to work it in our lives. So I love this quote by Corey Ten Boom. It's, it goes like this. If the devil can't make us bad, he'll make us busy. And, you know, if we had to choose, I'd choose busy over bad, because bad means sinful, but in our enemy's eyes, it's the same thing because all he wants to do is, is take, us, take, take us off trail. All he wants to do is make us unproductive. He doesn't want God's peace, God's joy, God's life flooding us. And he can do it if we're over busy or he can do it if we're bad. He just doesn't care. And we want to learn how to break this thing called busy. So I came up with a big idea. This is what I want us to walk out understanding more clearly than ever. It goes like this. Don't let life happen make life happen. And we want to talk about making life happen. Letting life happen means you just go with the flow. And that flow is going to take you places you don't want to go. It's going to drown you in busyness. It's going to take you to a lot of other places. So we know there's certain things we can't control, right? You can't control the storms of life. You can't control the valleys. We can control how we react during those times. And in lesson four, we're going to talk about breaking busy in our minds. So I'll give you some incredible principles to deal with that. But you know one thing you and I can control? It's our schedule. We can control it. We can make it happen. And I'm going to show you how. It's really wonderful. And I really believe what I'm going to, going to show you will show us how to release the grace of God, his help in our life. I like what it says in the book of Proverbs, Proverbs 14:8. The wise man looks ahead. The fool attempts to fool himself and won't face facts. And so the Bible says if we're wise, we look ahead. Someone that's not wise, the fool they won't face the facts. They won't look ahead. And so wise people look ahead and they say, where do I want to end up? 
How do I want my pace to be? How do I want my margin to be? We do this in every area of life, and they look at it, and they say, all right, here's where I want to be, and then that gives them the place that becomes the standard, and then they're able to work it into their lives. So I'm going to give you a prayer right now, and I want to ask you to pray this every day this week, okay? And then I want to ask you to hold on to it and just pray it you know, periodically. It's a life-changing prayer. And here it is. It's Psalm 90, verse 12. God, teach us to number our days and recognize how few they are. Help us spend them as we should. And I am convinced it's impossible to break busy without God's help. It's impossible. And yet with his help, we can. So take a look at what he's saying. Only God can teach us to number our days. And only he can help us recognize how few they are. You know, if you live to 100, next to eternity, that's nothing. And God wants to open our eyes up to eternity and how we're living now for eternity. He wants to help us number our days. And I like this one, help us to spend them as we should. So I haven't done this in ages, but I'd like to pray right now at the beginning of my message. Can we bow our heads, close our eyes, TCI Borman Warren? Father... We're all coming into agreement now, and we're asking you to teach us to number our days. We're asking you, Lord, to help us spend them as we should and to recognize how few there are. Lord, only you can do this supernaturally. We ask you to do it in every one of our lives, and if you can agree with that prayer, would you say amen to it? Amen. So I came up with, I'm always thinking, how can I make this simple and give you something you can remember and make it practical? So I'm always trying to break it down to the smallest elements. And I came up with what I call four pace essentials. They all begin with E. The first one is the one I'll take the most time on. And it is this, guys. It's evaluate. And that's what wise people do. They look ahead. They evaluate. And so I want to show you how this principle works. And I, I, I used a video about five years ago, just a short, under two-minute video, and I scoured the internet trying to find a better one, and I couldn't. So I'm going to show that in just a moment. In the video, you're going to see a mason jar. I'm going to refer to that as our time jar. That's your weekly time. That's, that's your daily time. That's a time jar, okay? And then you're going to see these golf balls. We're going to call them God rocks after, after the video. And those are the priorities of our life. And then you're going to see pebbles and sand, and those are all good things, but this, this, this just gives us an, an awesome image of what we need to do in our lives. So let's check it out. I'll come back right after this. This is your life. Looks pretty full, doesn't it? That's because it is. It's full of all the things you'd be incomplete without. Love, family, food, water, health, your parents, your passions. With all of these things, you could have nothing else and still lead a full life. But even with all of this, you'll still have some space to fit more things. Smaller things. This is your job, your car, your house, money. Things that are still important. But if you took them all away, your life would still be full. If you're watching this video, that means you're lucky enough to have at least some of these things. But if you're really lucky, and many of us are, you'll still have some space left over. These are the really small things. Watching a movie, playing a video game, sports, ice cream. Things that make your life that little bit nicer, but things that are really just trivial in the end. If you wanted, you could try to put these things first. Wasting your time in front of the television or the computer, 
playing games, or whatever it might be. You can follow it up with the material things. Money, cars, houses, clothes. But then when it comes time to try to fit in all the important things, you run out of space. Some things will have to be left out. And nobody wants that. So keep that in mind as you go through life. Put the really important things first, and then find space for the rest. If you run out, it really won't matter anyways. It's just the small stuff. I love the image that that paints. So we have our time jar, we have our God uh, rocks, and we want to just talk about what, what are the priorities that the Bible teaches we should put into our time jar first, and then everything else just, you know, we just put it in where whatever room is left. And, and guys, this, this will change your life drastically if you haven't already done it. I realize many of you have. This is how we make life happen. And I'm going to give you what the Bible teaches should be the God rocks in our life. Here's, here they are. Number one is God slash Jesus. And I, I put slash Jesus because if I just said God, someone listening to this in the future, I know none of us here, but someone lives listening in the future, that they may think that's a tree outside. So we got to make sure we let them understand it's, it's, we're talking about Jesus. And this is something we can't do without the help of Jesus. And then there's Sabbath, and we're going to talk about that. I call that the second most important uh, God rock. And then there's your mate, there's family and friends, includes your kids, and then there's work. And it's interesting. Um, work is where we're probably going to put the most time but on the priority scale, it's not number one. Uh, it may take more of your time than some of these other things. The Bible says if we don't work, we don't eat. So we know we have to do it. But it's so important to know the biggest rocks are God slash Jesus, Sabbath, and your mate, your family. So I want to help you understand how to figure out how to get these rocks in, how to get some of the pebbles and the sand out. Because really, the pebbles and the sand, that's why we're drowning. And you and I have to make a decision, what are the priorities? So I'm trusting you walk out of here saying, these things are really important. Remember what Jesus said? He said, put my yoke upon you. And then he said, learn of me. And then he said, I'll give you rest. Now, we found out last week, if you weren't with us, we just re reminded everybody, we don't see it so much today. But in Bible days, a yoke would go around the neck of a horse, and then the neck of another horse would be solid in the middle, and it would just connect those horses, and they would move in stride. So when Jesus says, take my yoke upon you, he's telling us to begin to follow him and walk in stride with him. And as we do, he'll teach us. So he literally shows us how to do this in a sermon that he preached. So this is pretty cool. If, if I invited Jesus as a guest speaker, if, wouldn't that be cool if we could do that? Um, and he came to speak at Believers, um, it would be so cool. But this could be one of the sermons he preaches. Isn't that amazing? Could be one of the sermons. I remember when we decided to go on TV many years ago, we hired a, a consulting firm for a short time. And um, uh, we just wanted them to show us how to do TV. But then they began to tell me content. And here's what they said about content. Uh, they said, what I'm about to teach you now, they said, don't teach anything like this. They said, you have to teach feel-good things. And, and that means, you know, tell someone, you know, God's forgiven you. Uh, God wants to meet your needs. God loves you. And, and those are important messages. And I preach those types of messages here. They said, never touch one about something like this. And some of the mega church pastors will tell you, 
Don't touch. If you want to grow a church, don't touch these things. But, but I disagree with them. I believe the only way people can grow, be free, I believe people are hungry for the truth, is to find out what Jesus says and to put it into practice in our life. What we're about to look at is not negative, it's positive. It's how we release the very grace of God in our life. And I think all of us want to release his grace. That's his ability, uh, his peace, his joy, everything, freedom, uh, margin in our life. We're going to use it for that in this, in this weekend. This principle works all through our lives. So, so here it is. Here, here's Jesus. He's speaking at believers and he says, Luke 14, 25, great crowds were following him and he turned around and he addressed uh, them as followers, as follows. And here's what he said, Luke 14, 26, anyone who wants to be my follower must love me far more than he does his own father, mother, wife, children, brothers, or sisters. This is the toughest one coming up next. Yes, more than his own life. That's the toughest one. Otherwise, he cannot be my disciple. A follower and a disciple, same thing. That's when you say, I'm going to take your yoke upon me. I'm just going to walk in stride. So how do we follow Jesus today? Well, he's not here, so we follow him by reading the Bible, finding out what he said, finding out what the Bible teaches. Uh, I encourage you, the gospel stories that Jesus told, and then the epistles, Romans all the way through to Jude, they're amazing. You're going to learn so much. That's how we follow him, right? Now notice what he says. You have to love me more than every other person, including yourself on the planet. This is where grace begins to be released, God's power, God's life. And all that means is this, the one you love the most is the one you live to please. It's just the way it is. Whoever you love the most, you live to please. And this works in every area. It works when we first meet Jesus and someone in our life that's close to us says, I don't want you to serve Jesus. So then you have to decide, who am I going to please, right? And I remember for me, my dad said, if you go to that church, I was going to leave and go to a different church and I grew up in. He said, all your things will be in the front lawn. You've got to find somewhere else to live. I'm 19 years old. And, and, and I didn't have all, I didn't know the Bible, but I, I was respectful, and I said, Dad, I love you. You own the house. If you want to kick me out, that's fine, but I'm going to do what I feel I need to do. He never put my things on the front yard, but I had to decide who do I love the most. But that works now, wherever you're at now in God, and we just decide, Jesus, you're the most important thing. And once that heart issue is settled, we're yoked. And it's awesome to be yoked with God. It's an amazing thing, guys. And then, and then he says this. He gives us a little tip. I love this next principle. He says this, verse 27. And no one can be my disciple who does not carry his own cross and follow me. That is not negative. So how, how, do, how do we hook up? How, how do we put his yoke on us? Well, we follow him by finding out what he says. But now he says you have to pick a cross up. The cross is simply a symbol of death. Jesus died on the cross. And all God's saying is this. There's going to be a lot of rocks and a lot of pebbles in your schedule or other things in your life that, you know, you may not, your body may not want to walk away from them. But God's saying, hey, if you just make a decision and nail that to the cross, so to speak, I will cause life to flow out of you like you've never seen life flow out of you. It's the most beautiful thing because you and I live in a human body. Our human bodies of this earth and it wants to do everything of this earth. But inside the real you, if you've accepted Jesus, it's crying for life and freedom and joy and peace and pace. And so when you and I make a decision, I'm going to do that. It doesn't really feel like it, but I'm going to do it. I'm telling you, it's amazing what happens. Uh, a story, a story. When I was first accepted Jesus, I, I was about 20 years old. I, I accepted him at 19, turned 20 in a couple months. And I was reading the Bible, and the Bible, I was shocked at what it said. It, it said we, we should save sex for marriage. And I was like, 
Because I was sexually active already. And I was in the porn. And I'm like, God, are you sure? You created this and it's kind of fun. And now you want me to wait? And I do this for the, the young people. They need to hear this, right? And so here I am, 20 years old, 20 years old. And I'm reading the scripture and I'm fighting with God. And I'm saying, God, are you sure? Are you sure? And then finally, I just remember saying, you know what, God? I'm gonna nail this part of my life to the cross and I'm gonna follow you. It was the just amazing five years of my life. I, I met Gina five years later. Amazing. The freedom that came into my life, the things I became free in that I never, weren't, weren't even connected to that were the most amazing thing. Then God gave me an amazing wife and I thought she was so amazing when I met her. But then as we've lived on, I saw all these gifts God put in her that I didn't even see. And it was like, whoa, God, that's amazing. And God will do that in every area of our life. He's gonna do it with some of your pebbles and, and, and your sand. Those aren't even bad things. But he'll say, you know what? Nail that one to the cross. And then he tells us two cool stories and then he ends with this last principle. It's Luke 14, 33. Simply put, if you're not willing to take what is dearest to you, whether plans or people, and kiss it goodbye, you can't be my disciple. And all he's saying, guys, sometimes with people like my dad, it's like, they don't approve of you. Uh, some people, if they accept Jesus, their family won't even talk to them. So they have to make a decision. Am I willing to follow Jesus? I'm telling you, he'll bless your life like you've never seen. But that hurts, doesn't it? That, you know that to the cross, it hurts a little bit. Some of this will spark. Uh, but, but, but then God just brings this life that's out of it. And so with your schedule and with pace, here's what we're doing. We're saying, these are the big rocks, okay. So now I've got to make sure these are in. But to get these in, I've got to kiss some pebbles and some sand and say, I love you, but not today. And we just make this room, this margin in our life. It's a beautiful thing. And God will give you the grace to do it. So if you were to ask me, what is God slash Jesus? What, what does that mean? What does that mean I should do in my life? Here's what I would tell you. Uh, it would include coming to church and, and I'm preaching to the choir, right? Um, but coming to church. Uh, God created you to be a member of a body and he's gifted you and you have things to give that nobody else can give and God created these guys called shepherds and I'd like to think my life is of some value, right? And he created these guys called shepherds and they shepherd you with the word. They shepherd you uh, through the week as we do all these different things in a church and it will it will grow you like you can believe. So that's part of the God rock. But then it's just reading your Bible and, and having some devotional time and just figuring out a time in your week, a time in your day, just to put God into your day. And I like to theme things. So I have certain days where I put more time in the prayer than others, certain days where I do this more. And I just theme things and I just find a spot for them. And so once I have that rock in, then, then I have to say, well, I'd love to do this pebble thing, but I can't. Goodbye. And, and you kiss it goodbye, but God blesses you like you can't believe and you begin to have some pace. So if you were to ask me the second rock, what about Sabbath? And what is Sabbath? Sabbath means to take a 24-hour rest. That's what it means in the Bible. And I'm not telling us we need to become Jewish and Nothing wrong with being Jewish. We, you know, I, I go in restaurants and I, I have Jewish people walk up to me. They say, I'm Jewish, but I love your show. And they're watching, they're watching the show. Isn't that amazing? That's amazing. And, and we're not saying we have to go practice their Sabbath and come under the law of Moses. We're not saying that. But the Bible teaches a day of rest. And it's hard to comprehend that thought of a day of rest. But here's the way I like to say it. Um, we, we live in a world that's going 
But God says 24-6. And it doesn't make sense. I'm telling you, it doesn't make sense. God, I'm so busy in seven days, it seems foolish to take one day out and rest. I mean, that's crazy, God. It doesn't seem like it would work. So I remember back in that six-year period of the church where I had to learn to break busy, uh, I'm trying to figure it out. And then God reminded me of something else that happened in my life when I was 20. When I was 20, I was going to a church like this. That's when my dad said, if you go, I'll kick you out and, and of the house. And so I'm going to a church like this, and I don't know much of the Bible, but I, the pastor gets up after worship, and he says, we're going to receive tithes and offerings. And I knew what an offering was. I honestly didn't know what a tithe was. We grew up Catholic. And my dad was one of the biggest givers in our Catholic church. This is back in the you know, 60s and 70s. He, and he gave five bucks a week. And that's what, that's what I thought was giving, you know. And, and so I asked somebody, what's a tithe? They said, that's giving 10% of your income to God. And I, I'm telling you, my jaw, my jaw dropped. I became angry. Because I was a place in my life where I had debt. We closed a business. And I had, I had a loan debt I had to pay off. I was driving a junky car. I was working a dead-end job just waiting to see what I was going to do with my life. I wasn't sure what I was going to do. And the pastor of our church just brought a, bought a brand-new Buick. And I was angry. It wasn't even the best Buick. But I thought, you want me to give a tenth of my money to this church, and he's going to drive like a nice car, and I'm driving a junkard? I got mad about that. And, and so I went through this argument with God, but I decided to follow Jesus, and I read all the scriptures on tithing in the Bible. And I remember the day I said, God, it doesn't make any sense. I can't live on 100% of my money, and you're telling me to live on 90%. That's, it's just stupid. The math doesn't work. And that's talks I'm having with God. It doesn't work. But I remember the day after reading all the scriptures, I said, all right, Jesus, I'm yoked up to you. I'm going to jump in. And I'm a jump in head first kind of guy. So I just start tithing. My brother, Jim, he's more of an accountant kind of guy. So he said, I'll start with three, God. And if you can show me that will work, I'll go to five. All right, God. And he just, he negotiated with God, but it worked with him too. So you got to, you gotta, I'm a, I just jump head in. I, you want me to do it? I'm going to do it. So I did it. And it was amazing. Um, I had someone give me a car right after I started tithing. Someone else said, I want to pay your debt off. Had some other miracles. Can't promise that will happen in your life. But the biggest miracle was this. I watched God take the 90 and do more with it and give me more margin in my, my finances than when I had the 100. God multiplied the fishes. God can multiply anything. So I remembered that and I said, all right, God, I'm going to trust you with a day off. This is when the church was about six years old and, and I was running ragged. I said, all right, God, it doesn't make any sense. And again, can't you do the math? And then he reminded me of this. And so I said, all right. And I work Saturday and Sunday. So I said, all right, I'll take Monday off. Monday will be my day off. And Gina took it with me. And what we do on Mondays, guys, is we crash. We just, we just crash. And we'll either go somewhere and you know, eat somewhere, or drive somewhere, or we just stay home and crash. It's different every week. But in order for me to do that, Sometimes after Saturday service, I'll stay and work a couple hours administratively because I don't want to do that on Monday. And then sometimes on Sunday, I'll go grocery shopping because I don't want to do that on Monday. I just want to rest. Of course, I don't look at my emails. I don't do anything like that because, you know, when you, if you're doing work things, that can really burden you down, right, if you, you, you read the wrong email. So that's the last thing I need to do is read the wrong email, right? And you guys are the same way. So I, I want to show you something. It's really cool. This is how Jewish people, this is what they do on their Sabbath. And of course, God gave them these instructions. And here's what they do. They go to temple. That would be like us going to church. 
uh, they have a slow extended family meal. And I was sharing this with Gina, and she said, well, if they're not allowed to work at home, who cooked the meal? And I said, smart Alec. I said, Uber Eats or something, right? Grubhub, something like that, right? You can drive and pick it up, right? And, 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 uh, and, and then uh, they play family games, they read a book, they watch sports or a movie, etc. cetera. And, and I put this part here, it's really important. No work of any kind, only things that charge your battery are allowed to be done. And guys, I'm telling you, I became so much more productive with that day of rest. But I also try to put a little Sabbath in every one of my days, just a little Sabbath. I try to have that downtime. And so I'm kissing pebbles and sand all the time and saying, you know what, I'll do that in heaven. But, but I've got to have some time here. Got to have, I'm eternal, so I'll do that later, right? Um, but, but, but God, I have to have some time. And I just, it, it's amazing. And once you decide to do it, God will give you the grace to do it. That's evaluate. Now, I'm going to go over the, the next three, little, just quick, quickly, but I want you to hear them. The next one is enjoy. And guess what, guys? Can we all agree you can drink a cup of coffee or you can enjoy a cup of coffee? You can eat a meal or you can swallow a meal half-chewed, right? Is, isn't that true? I grew up with six brothers, and mom and dad did something. They didn't know they were doing it, but they said you couldn't have seconds until your plate was empty, and they didn't have enough seconds for everybody. So if it was pork chops, there wasn't enough for everybody. So we became the fastest eaters in, 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 in Mahoning Valley. No one could eat faster than us. But you have to swallow your food half chewed, right? But we did that to get the pork chop, right? And, and, and to this day, I still fight with that. And so guys, listen, God wants you to learn to enjoy life. Because you know what that will do? That will break busy in your mind when you learn to do that. Here, here's the next one. Uh, we need to engage. And that just means we learn to be present in the present. Here's something I remember too. When our kids were young, I remember God really had to work with me on this. All I could think about is I can't wait till they all get in school. I can't wait till you know they get to this age. I can't wait till they get to that age. And I just remember God dealing with me and saying, Joe, come on, he's dealing with my heart. Engage and enjoy. And so I've learned to do that. So it's so cool now, if we're gonna be with anybody, it doesn't matter who we're with, with kids, I've just learned to be present in the moment. And that brings a peace like you can't believe. And it's so fun to enjoy the moment. The fourth one is examine. And that, that's just reevaluate because you live in a human body, you're gonna wander like this. And so you're just examining and bringing it back to where it needs to be. Those are the four pace essentials. And I wanna close out with this, guys. These are meant to be shock therapy, all right? So I, I just wanna give you some shock therapy. I call them the six pace practices. And some of them will come as a shock to you, but it, it's just meant to make you realize that some things might have a hold on you, right? And so here's the first one, right? Take three days off of social media this coming week. And some of you are already shaking. It's like, whoa, what? Three days off, Instagram, Facebook, whatever it is, Pinterest, whatever, whatever your social media is. Where I struggle with social media is YouTube. I, I, I can get lost on YouTube for six hours just watching self-help videos and things. So I'm gonna practice this this week too. Because what it does is it makes you understand what you're addicted to. So this is something we're addicted to in our age, and then we can begin to monitor it, monitor it once we realize we throw some of that sand out. Here's the next one. Don't look at your phones. 
uh, when you're with family or friends this week. Now that's tough, huh? What am I trying to do? I'm trying to help you learn the difference from engaging and not engaging, right? So d- d- when we're with four or five people and we're just hanging out with family, friends, none of us appreciate someone that stares at their phone the whole time. It's like, you don't want to be here, do you? You don't like me. And, and that's the thoughts that go through your head, man. You want to be somewhere else. And, and so I just want you to learn how free you can be. Come. Obviously, we need to pay attention to our phones sometimes, but, but it's just an amazing thing when you learn to engage and enjoy. This is going to slow your head down. Here, here's, here's my next one. Uh, go somewhere this week without your phone. Yes. <sighs> now, for those of you that are my age, you guys are really ready to clap here. Uh, I grew up with a phone on the wall, and then as I became older, they developed this thing called an answering machine. And, and so you left the house, and uh, no one could call you. I mean, that was the most wonderful freedom ever, and it was so awesome. And, and you go to a store, wherever you went, there's no phones, right? And then you'd come home, and you'd play the messages, and you'd get to them when you could get to them. But it wasn't, no one ever knew if you heard the message. And now they know you saw I called. You got that cell phone, right? And, and, and so... I know some of you are like me. Um, I'm on call 24-7, but I've learned to manage my phone. So I'm encouraging you just to go somewhere with it to to see if it's got a hold of you. I I know how not to look at it, but I will check a text to make sure it's not an emergency because there could be church emergencies, et cetera. Here's another one. Um, Eat one meal a day with no TV, social media, or reading material. And here's all I'm trying to get you to do to enjoy and engage that meal, it, it, it will break busy in your mind. It's amazing. Here's one we should all do, right? Spend an uninterrupted 30 minutes with your kids, wife, or children. You know, so you're not going to answer that text. Or you're not going to take that phone call. You're going to say, you've got me for a half hour, man. I'm just going to hang with you for a whole half hour. It's, it's amazing what will happen. You'll begin to break busy. This, this is shock therapy for the culture that we live in. The next one you're going to love. Look, look at the next one. Say no to something good and use that time for yourself. Isn't that amazing? Just use it for yourself. So I want to encourage you to begin to practice these things. I want to encourage you not to let life happen, but to make life happen. And I'm always so thankful to God, and I want to give us all a chance. I love doing this. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful that God has answers in the Word of God. Can we give it up for God and say thank you for illuminating us, helping us? We appreciate it, Lord God. You're awesome. And some of you are thinking, this is impossible, and I'll never do it. Well, you don't have to. I'm not going to make you. You'll go to heaven still. I just want you to, I want you to have some pace in your life. Try it. You'll like it. Let's bow our heads. Let's pray, guys. Father, I did my best to teach this part of the Bible. And, and you, know how, you know how I just, how much energy I put into this and how much I said, Lord, make, give me the best way to make it simple. So, Lord, I pray for everybody here. I know that you say things that I don't even say because if I read scripture, you're speaking to our hearts. And I just thank you, Lord for helping every one of us break busy. We thank you for what's coming up, that fourth lesson, breaking busy in our minds. But Lord, we ask for your grace. Only you can help us do this. Help us do this, Lord. Thank you for the principles we learn. Thank you for your grace that makes it come to pass. And Lord, we thank you for being God in our lives. We make a commitment to you that we love you. 
more than anything on this planet, even ourselves, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. You know, maybe you're here and you're not sure if you're forever. We, we talked about it in communion. You know, Jesus died for us. Do you know, without Jesus, we, we can't go to heaven. Without Jesus, our sins can't be washed away. Without Jesus, we can't be free. Without Jesus, we can't even break busy. So heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Here's what I'm asking. I'm not asking if you know who he is. I'm not asking you to join our church or religion. I'm not asking you if you grew up in a Christian church. I'm not asking you if you were water baptized as a baby or an adult. Here's what I'm asking. Listen, listen, listen. What have you done with Jesus? Have you taken him from head knowledge and received him in your heart? And if not, why not this weekend? This is the best time ever for you to do something like this. So heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you say, hey, I believe Jesus is the son of God. I believe he died on the cross. I believe God raised him from the dead. And you say, I'm ready today to pray and receive him. Would you do that with me right now? The rest of us, can we help them? TCI, Borman, Warren, let's pray. Let's help them. Say this after me. Say, Lord God, I realize I was born sin-stained and I need a Savior. So this day, I look to Jesus. Jesus, I believe that you're the Son of God. You died for my sins. God raised you from the grave. This day, I receive you as my Savior, and I make you Lord of my life. Amen. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Listen, if you prayed that prayer, miracles happen. It's amazing. Your sins were washed away. God gave you the gift of eternal life. It's just amazing. But you may not have felt a thing, but it did happen. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren, and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast.